It's obvious we're raising our kids in a nation that has veered from the Christian morals and moorings that helped make America a global superpower. And consequently, our children are now being abused as a logical outworking of this moral veering. So what is a wise and godly parent to do? Well, today we'll be talking with Donna Rice Hughes about how we can help bring a semblance of sanity and spiritual grounding back into our homes and hopefully back into our nation as well. This is Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill and also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. So, Trace, how did we get to a place where so many people are ashamed to be called Americans these days? And and when you answer that, please also explain the effect that it's having on our families, particularly our kids. Yeah, well, you just said it. I mean, I think there's an underlying shame that's uh, that's going on, a shame that's definitely merited in some areas, but not in others. I mean, we're ashamed of things that we shouldn't be ashamed of and not ashamed of the things that we should be. Uh, some would argue that it all started with the word tolerance. And I, I think uh, one of the legitimate shames that we sh- should feel is in the way our American children have been sexually exploited and in ways that no generation of parents uh, in America here uh, would have ever tolerated until now. Uh, this exploitation has happened through music, radio, Hollywood, Madison Avenue, and higher education since the 1960s. Today, it's in elementary education, even preschool. It's in big business, politics, the, the medical and mental health professions, the science community, and unfortunately, even through the church. But preeminently, it's through the Internet. And uh, so it's, it's, it's like a cancer that's systemic to every aspect of our nation's infrastructure. Uh, and again, we've tolerated it. But the, the hypocrisy that exists about this issue is only transcended by the cognitive dissonance that too many adults seem to be eaten up with today. Uh, there's a major league delusion going on. So, Trace, I want to stop you right here. Can you help us understand what you mean by hypocrisy and cognitive dissonance? Well, yeah. I mean, for example, kids are going into therapy sessions uh, with their smartphones in their hands. Do you see the disconnect here? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, by the way, uh, can a medication do anything for a kid that a smartphone's not going to retard? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't care what our financial portfolios look like, or how many likes our social media posts get, or how many, or how much we think digital technology has done for humanity. We are failing as a nation when we refuse to protect kids from the emotional, psychological, physical, and spiritual ravages of what, what is systemic and even government-sanctioned child abuse because our American culture has now become a corporate child molester. Again, it goes back to what we've tolerated, like the intentional redefinition of terms and or the creation of new terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a pedophile. Uh, I'm, I'm child amorous. I'm, I'm not a polygamist. I'm polyamorous. I'm not lusting my cousin. I'm loving her or, or him. Uncle Sally and Aunt Jack don't refer to me as just a normal man anymore. I'm a, I'm a cisgendered person, a term that uh, you know, you'll not find in any dictionary prior to 2015. 
like many other insane fabricated terms, yet arguably one of the most life-altering terms that we've allowed to be redefined uh, in today's society is the term freedom. Again, another godly term redefined using the devil's dictionary. We no longer Mm -hmm. pursue the freedom to do what we ought to do. We now demand the so-called freedom to do what we want to do, which is actually a slavery to self. It's, It's narcissism. Chaos is the logical outworking of narcissism. That's exactly what we're seeing today in our homes and in our nation. It's also a big factor in why our kids are so misbehaved today and consequently over-medicated. And I didn't have to redefine any terms to come to these conclusions, Michelle. I mean, messing with language is messing with the very foundations of reality and communication. I find it interesting that Psalm 11.3 says, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? I mean, look, we, we can't have cogent dialogue uh, with one another when we can't settle on the absolutes that make language even possible. What we're seeing in America today is actually more than, than just illusion and cognitive dissonance, though. Uh, we're, we're looking at a, a vile and evil society on display. So let's call it what it truly is. Wickedness, evil, satanic. I'm, I'm going to go back to Psalm 12:8. The wicked freely strut about when what is vile is honored among men. I mean, have you watched the Grammy Awards lately? Uh, Do you see any vile strutting at gay pride marches? We're not just rewarding evil. We become modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah ourselves. And when we give our kids unfettered access to their own smartphones, we effectively drop them off in the heart of downtown to fend for themselves. And I think it's time to stop. Enough is enough. I would agree with you. Well, our guest today is Donna Rice Hughes, and she works hard to protect our children from internet predators. She is the president and CEO of Enough is Enough and also an internationally known internet safety expert, author, speaker, and producer. Donna's vision and expertise and advocacy have helped to birth the internet safety movement in America at the advent of the digital age. And for 30 years, Donna has been working hard to make the internet safe for your kids and family. She has developed and spearheaded the National Safe Wi-Fi Campaign, calling on corporate America to filter pornography and child sex abuse images on public Wi-Fi. And as As a result, two major companies that own stores all across America are now filtering Wi-Fi in their stores. Well, Donna, welcome to the License to Parent broadcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to join you both. And listen, and thank you for, for all you're doing to help protect kids. I mean, every day I see firsthand what the fallout is from the naivety, the ignorance, and the addiction that goes on with respect to this topic. So please tell us more about Enough is Enough and your role in it. Well, sure. We started in, well, I started in 1994, right when the internet was um, being birthed, really. The World Wide Web was still in development. I was very excited about the internet technology. You know, it's changed our whole world in so many positive ways. But with any new technology, guess who's out in front is the early exploiters of that technology? It's the predators and the pornographers. This even happened with the printing press that was originally developed to print Bibles. And so the Internet was no different. We got out in front of that, and we started talking to members of Congress. The the technology companies at the time, there were like two 
America Online and Prodigy. And, uh, and, and we said, this is going to be a big problem. Let's get out in front of it. And, and our two bigger concerns were the fact that hardcore pornography was servicing on the Internet. This was content you couldn't find in a triple X rated bookstore then right. um, because it's illegal. It's all over the Internet now. Also, child pornography uh, was starting to explode. Pre-internet, child pornographers and pedophiles couldn't trade this content. It had to go through the mail. And we had law enforcement uh, basically stopping that. So these were very underground black market crimes that became Mm. now mainstream. So, you know, that's where we are. Let me just give you a, a, a... kind of an idea of what has evolved since then. In the 90s, we were able to get major pieces of bipartisan legislation passed to regulate this, to take the the laws we have in the physical world and extend them to this new internet. And we had great success, but the ACLU and the American Library Association and the big tech companies that started to emerge fought every step of the way, and three of the four major laws were not upheld by the Supreme Court. So as a result, all the protections that that children have to protect their innocence in the physical world were not extended to the online world. Not for lack of effort and trying, it's just it was brand new. So here's where we are now. Graphic pornography is now the wallpaper of our children's life. It was once offline, now it's online, and it became mainstream because the government is not enforcing the existing uh, obscenity laws that regulate this. And so now the main themes in today's hardcore Internet pornography that any child can see for free on the Internet are themes depicting teen rape, incest, violence bestiality, you name it. Kids under the age of 14 represent 58% of the porn use by minor children. Kids are also (sighs) what they see, they act out. 40% of kids are sexting, and they consider it normal Mm. to share and to receive nudes and sexually explicit content of other young people. We also know that... they They think they have to do it to be accepted. Well, there's the peer pressure, of course, right. but it's also considered normal and a rite of passage. So because it's everywhere, and mm. uh, Barna did a study a number of years ago that Josh McDowell, um, uh, who's on our board, actually uh, paid for, and what they, they asked teenagers what was more immoral, and they, they put a few topics in front of them. One was not recycling, one was using pornography, and I forget what the other one was. Anyway, not recycling by kids was considered to be more immoral than using pornography. Isn't that crazy? So this is the wallpaper of their life. And like I said, this isn't your father's pornography. This isn't Playboy stuff like that. That's protected speech for adults. This is all illegal. But it's out there because since George Bush was president, first George Bush, we have not had the Department of Justice prosecute the obscenity laws. So the, the pornographers know it's anything goes and it's getting worse and worse and worse. So one of the, 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 the second main issues is that sexual predators for the first time with the internet have had unfettered access to innocent children. Why? Because mm. we're kids 
play, predators prey, right? Mm, so kids are online, so guess who else is online? The sexual predators, the traffickers, the pedophiles, because now they have anonymous access to these kids, and kids are very trusting, and they're vulnerable, and they want to talk to people, and so this grooming happens, and the the amount of sexual exploitation and online enticement actually is the highest it's ever been. It went up 265% from 2018 to 2001. And we know that 40% of kids are admittedly talking to people they know are strangers online, grades fourth through the eighth grade. And I can throw stats at you all day, but behind every stat, there's a child, a real child who's being traumatized. Everything has kind of converged into the perfect storm. Uh, This thing, the, the internet has become our sin nature on steroids. Uh, and mm-hmm. no one really understands what sin is anymore, and therefore we've got this mess that we're in, but we're up against a break. Well, we're talking with Donna Rice-Hughes about making the internet safer for kids, and a big part of this is happening through her organization, Enough is Enough. We'll be back for more Licensed to Parent right after this. Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year, two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherds Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash building together. That's ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. If you'd like to learn more about Shepherd's Hill, go to LicensedToParent.org. 
The organization Enough is Enough is dedicated to raising public awareness about the dangers of internet pornography, sexual predators, and traffickers, and other dangers. And today we're talking with the president and CEO of Enough is Enough, Donna Rice Hughes. Well, Donna, during the break, I was telling you, I, I'm really ashamed to, to ask, but how is it that I, I'm, I'm just now hearing about Enough is Enough? Well, I, that, that's a great question. Uh, we've been around since 1994, and I would say, and if you had maybe started on this, you know, a little earlier on, you probably would have heard about us, because between 2004 and probably 2014, I'd given about 4,000 interviews, uh, many wow. national, and um, and then we sort of went underground to develop a curriculum, which meant I was not out in the news talking about this. And, um, in fact, I was, you know, the Internet safety expert on Good Morning America, uh, the Today Show and CNN and Fox and, and other, you know, big shows. And that, you know, it's really interesting when you kind of drop out to do something else and you come back in, then it's, it's often hard to, you know, to, to, get, to get back out there. And the other thing is, is that the problem has grown so much. We were one of two or three organizations that started this in the 90s. Now there are hundreds and hundreds that are following us. So there are also many, many, many voices where in the beginning we were, we were probably the loudest and the most visible. So, but I'm glad you've heard about us now. The great news is yes. that we are experts. We have what I think is one of the top internet safety um, programs in the country where our focus is, uh, at least on one of the, 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 thing, the things that we do, is to educate, equip, and empower parents to become really well-informed, not overwhelmed cyber parents. Because parenting mm. today, you're parenting kids in the offline world and in the online world. So it really all goes together. And so parents, you know, we're trying to help them understand that their kids are at risk. It doesn't matter how good they are, how smart they are, how much they love God. If, if they have unrestricted Internet access, they are vulnerable to all the dangers I've already talked about, sexual predators, traffickers, pornography, cyberbullying, um, online gaming addiction is now considered an actual real addictive disorder. Mm. Um, pornography kids are getting addicted to Internet pornography in, in grade school. And so no child is immune. So it's incumbent on parents to recognize what these dangers are and how to keep their kids safe because the Internet's here to stay. It's not going anywhere, but it's not regulated. And we, yeah. we, we do work with Congress. We've got a lot of laws, you know, that we're trying to get passed even now this year. And I think Congress is much more um, – amenable to doing this, and in particular because the Surgeon General just recently issued a warning that social media causes profound risk to the health of mm. children. So I wrote an op-ed in Fox News that said, "Then you know what? When that happened with Big Tobacco, guess what? Big Tobacco yeah. had to fund national education and awareness campaigns, right? And there were labels that went on the cigarette packages. And we've mm -hmm. known all this time Trace and Michelle, that, that all of these dangers online, kids are not mentally, spiritually, or emotionally prepared to deal with. They are sitting ducks unless we do something. With all that in play, uh, why do you suppose there's still such a, 
a laissez-faire attitude among educators, but particularly parents themselves, about kids having unfettered access to the Internet. Because 90% of teens, anyway, uh, and I think this is true in the Christian home as well, and maybe you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they're giving their kids unfettered access to their own smartphones. And how is this happening? Yeah. It's got to be a spiritual delusion. It, yeah, I, I think they're, they're, they're deceived. Um, they're, they're just basically, well, this is the way I put it in, in, in my teaching. I think parents fall into some different categories, right? They either think it's not that bad, mm-hmm. right? Or they think, not my child. I realize this is happening to other kids, but, and, and I hear this all the time, but not my child. My child, I watch what my kids are doing. We have conversations about what they're doing. They don't even like boys or girls at this point. And, and plus, they're really into sports, and they love God. Okay, I'm like, okay, that's great. That doesn't mean they're not vulnerable. Or the parent just says it's just too much. It's just too overwhelming. I just don't want, know what to do. So they just kind of stick their head in the sand. Right. Or they think, well, I turned on a parental control tool on this device, and I'm good. Good luck. And our, our instruction is every single Internet device, every single platform, social media, gaming platform, any Internet-connected platform or device that you let your kids use, you have got to parent. You've got to turn mm-hmm. on all the uh, technological tools to keep out all the bad so that they can enjoy the good, keep out the bad people so they can enjoy the good. And all this is falling on the shoulder of parents, and so they're just overwhelmed. So if you have two kids, and they each have three devices, and each of the three devices you let them each connect to so many social media platforms and everything else, all of a sudden now you're looking at a dozen or more platforms and devices that you have got as a parent to try to manage, and that's a lot. And that's one of the reasons that uh, we've got all this free content on our site to help equip parents to be able to manage all of this to keep their kids safe. So, Donna, help us understand how are these predators reaching out to our kids? Like, what does that look like? Yes. Well, we call this grooming, and um, they can do it a number of different ways. But let, let me just share the story of John Doe. We just released this. I interviewed John Doe who was a convicted sex offender in a high-security prison, and I talked to him for three hours. I said, John, I want you to share with parents how you got kids to trust you, how you built a relationship with them, and how you started to engage them in sexual conversations and behavior. And what John said, and this, this, this is what we know as part of the grooming process, that he would look for kids online that he was interested in, boys and girls, and if that child, for instance, just to say he was talking to a 13-year-old girl, and that 13-year-old girl liked boys who played the guitar that are, were around 15 and played soccer, mm-hmm. then he would find pictures of boys that looked like that, and he would send it, and he would pretend to be that boy mm-hmm. and engage that girl in those conversations and by, by disguising himself. The same thing if he was talking to a guy, a boy online, he would disguise himself as a girl. So this is how he started to build online relationships. And then really just, you know, there were this, he became the trusted friend that they talked to. And as it went on, they just discovered he wasn't really who he said he was. They already had a relationship with him and trusted him and told him about his, their problems. 
And, it, uh, you know, oftentimes he's led to sexual encounters and situations where he would get nudes of them and back and forth. And so that is part of the grooming process. And so this is how one of the reasons kids are getting, you know, sexual explicit pictures of them are getting basically, you know, coerced out of them by these predators or traffickers and then used by the predator or trafficker to keep that child silent. Because now I've got these images of you, and if you tell your parents or you tell your teacher or you do this or the other, then I'm going to expose you or put it out there. And and this is part of the whole sextortion pandemic that's going Mm -hmm. on right now. You you had mentioned parents with their head in the sand, and I... (laughs) In so many cases, I agree with that. Uh, my take on a lot of this is is the fault of a popular parenting philosophy that says I, I, you should always think the best of your children. Well, I don't think that would have been Christ's parenting philosophy. I think he would think he he wants to think the truth about our children. And the truth is, just ask yourself, parents, mom, dad. What would you have done at twelve years old, thirteen years old, had you been given? This kind of unfettered access to this this kind of material. I mean, think about that. I mean, it doesn't matter that you go to church. I mean, fifty percent of pastors are struggling with internet pornography right now. It doesn't really matter that you're a Bible quiz winner. Uh, Bible quiz winners are winning their their Bible quiz on Sunday morning and fornicating in the parking lot Sunday night. This is an ugly reality that is not being spoken about too much. And maybe I'm just the little boy in the story of the emperor's new clothes to say, hey, you know, the emperor is naked and your son or daughter might be too. Well, I, I think that that's such a good point. Um, I, there's a quote I like to share and in, in when I talk to Christian families in particular, and that is, I say, if you don't think your kids are, um, are vulnerable to this, then, 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 then here's a little Bible for you. Um, they're either godlier than David, wiser than Solomon, or stronger than Samson. And these were three of the extraordinary men in the Bible. And these are kids. They, yep. they, they are vulnerable. And you mentioned the prefrontal cortex. But look, God gave kids parents because they need parents. They need parenting. And they cannot. Um, I mean, they, they are just being bombarded everywhere in the culture and no wonder they're confused and so you know Mm -hmm. in the midst of all of this i think it's really important too that parents model for them what is good and what is healthy and what is expected because the counterfeits as you mentioned are everywhere and this is a spiritual battle and if we don't recognize that the enemy of our souls is not coming for our kids if 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 we get them born and out of the womb and you know the big pro-life abortion debate. But once they're out, he's going for them. And, you know, we better understand that we're in a spiritual war and we have got to get on top of this and recognize what is coming at our kids and that protecting their innocence and their dignity is our responsibility. Well, our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Donna Rice Hughes. For more information on internet safety, check out their website, internetsafety101.org. And a big part of this is happening through her organization, Enough is Enough. Find more information at their website, 
enough.org. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. Trace Embry is the host of Licensed to Parent, also the founder and director of Shepherds Hill Academy, a residential treatment facility for troubled teens. To learn more, visit licensedtoparent.org. And work on our campus continues. We are making some improvements that will soon benefit our teachers and also our students. Would you consider helping us in this effort? You know, a donation of any amount will be an incredible help. You can donate online at licensedparent.org and click the donate button. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.